Today's TribCast is presented by the Texas X's. Last year, the Texas X's challenged the OU Alumni Association to a member drive. More than 600 Longhorns answered the call, leading to a big Texas win. Texas X's is out to beat the record this year. Alumni and fans, join the Texas X's at texasx's.org to beat OU again. And Hill and Knowlton. Around the clock and around the world, Hill and Knowlton strategies harness the power of the public in today's uncertain times. Visit hkstrategies.com to learn more. Texas talking, oh, what was that that you said? Texas talking, ah, gonna hoop upside your head. Texas talking, tell me who can you trust when Texas guys are in Texas guys Hey, it's John Heilman here from Showtime's The Circus and MSNBC. When I think about the great pleasures in life, most of them start with the letter T. T-Bone Steaks, Trans Ams, T-Rex, the band. But the greatest pleasure of all for me is the Texas Tribune's weekly politics podcast. I can't wait to hear this one. Now here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here on Wednesday, October 3rd with your Texas Tribune Tribcast, our weekly Texas politics and policy podcast. I'm joined this week by CEO Evan Smith. No, we're all going to be Bart O. I'm Bart O. Smith. Bart O. Smith, uh, <laughs> capital sexting reporter Alexa Oda. Oh, it's like the worst thing I've ever heard. Well, I was going to call her our demographics reporter, but it doesn't really fit for not, this not podcast. The by, by the way, Bart O. Ura. Bart O. Ura. Uh, political reporter Patrick Svitek. Good afternoon. Do you ever black out, Patrick? Have you? Have you? Have you ever? Have you ever blacked have you out? out? Yes, yeah. of course I blacked out. I may black out in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> You're already Gee, blacked out. Thank you. Uh, we'll also be taking your questions via Facebook and Twitter, so please send them our way. Uh, Alexa, I want to start with you and the um, Anthony Weiner-esque tale of State Senator Charles Schwartner. God, uh, I had a hurting guy, don't you? Well, Alexa, tell me exactly what we know at this point for certain. So not much more than we did last week. Um, the UT is investigating an allegation against State Senator Charles Schwartner, a Republican from Georgetown, Williamson County area. Uh, for allegedly sending a picture of his genitals, junk. of his junk. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wasn't sure which, <laughs> which one to use. Um, for allegedly sending a, a text message and a photo to a student at UT that he had met at some event on campus. And he's under investigation. He initially said, I know nothing about these allegations, then said, I did absolutely did not do this, period. Um, and since then, we haven't really heard, uh, you know, we haven't gotten an update on how this is going to work. Obviously, UT is probably constrained by sort of Title IX requirements about how exactly they have to go through this. Uh, at the Capitol, uh, Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor, has said, we're going to wait and see what UT does. And that's sort of what everyone is saying at this point. We're going to wait and see. I don't actually know what that means if this UT investigation does come back and say that he did this. I don't know what that means for what senators may or may not do. Well, the lieutenant governor first was actually uh, unhappy with UT because he felt like too many people on the UT campus were talking about this and to leaked the, it to, to the, the media. Right. Right. Yeah, and I think, I, I mean, I'm still curious about why exactly, how, I mean, the statesmen reported this, and obviously they're all very well sourced reporters, but I'm wondering if, if there's anything else to 
that we should be thinking about when we do look at the fact that this was leaked. I mean, obviously the Senate and really the Capitol in general hasn't really been out in front of these sort of allegations against lawmakers. And the way that they it was reported now puts it in the public eye to where there are going to be questions about what they do or not or don't do with this. And, and so, I don't know if that was intentional or not. I mean, whose responsibility is it to investigate something like this? So this is a state senator. I mean, UT is investigating it. Why? Because it's a title. The student must Generally, have complained. It involves a student. Because it, right. it's a Title Nine. I mean, is, is this Title Nine related? Like, why would they get involved with something? I mean, it seems UT has to investigate mm-hmm. it because it does involve a student, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. I think the the problem at the Capitol is that it really sort of highlights the ambiguity when it comes to how they even handle these things, or you know, they weren't really handled before, based on our reporting from the end of last year. And so the Capitol has gone through all of these, you know, hearings and what have not, and you know, private conversations and meetings to revise their policies about how to best respond to these sort of situations. And yet here is this one example that nobody actually knows how it's supposed to be handled. And it doesn't actually fall in this under the Senate's policy about sexual harassment prevention. And so I think there are still a lot of questions about what they can or can't do or what they are willing to do, which Mm -hmm. I think is the bigger question at this point. Has he left wiggle room in these statements at all? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to parse these statements like the first statement was pretty weird. The second statement seemed a little more explicit. Yeah, I mean, I did think it was interesting, and maybe this is just me reading too much into it, that the first statement said, I know nothing about this allegation, these allegations. It wasn't actually saying I did not do this, which mm-hmm. the second statement did say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that was just a sort of, you know, responding to breaking news sort of situation or what. But as far as we know, he has said that he did not do this, period. And I don't think there's a lot of wiggle room around that. So it's been like a week now, right? I mean, if you're Charles Schwartner and you didn't do this, don't you come out with some kind of statement saying like either, you know, my f- I was hacked, I must have been hacked, or my kid was playing with my phone, or this was meant for my spouse, or like why? It seems like there's been radio silence since the I didn't do this. Wouldn't you try to explain yourself? Well, he lawyered up, right? I mean, I imagine that that would go against whatever the, <laughs> the counsel of his 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 lawyer is, is at this point. Why regardless of, I mean, why wouldn't uh, the counsel know, of your lawyer be, you know, explain what happened if it wasn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think, and he he hasn't really faced much questions beyond the press saying what happened here. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't, as far as we know, it doesn't seem like Senate leaders are saying, "Give us an explanation of what's going on." One of two things is the case: it happened or it didn't happen. If it happened, then it's a a series of potential explanations. One is it happened and he did it, but it wasn't intended for this person. He did it and it was intended for this person. Somebody got into his phone, either without his knowledge, somebody he, as you say, somebody was on his phone in his orbit, or somebody hacked into his phone. I mean, there are a lot of different possibilities on that front. Or he didn't do it. If he didn't do it, he's put in the position of having to disprove a negative, right? I mean, what... What radio, you know, I'm not entirely sure that radio silence, if you're innocent, is inconsistent with the status of being innocent. If if you hadn't done it, what are you supposed to do? Come out every day and continually protest the fact that you're innocent? I'm not really sure what what the strategy would be if you were in that situation and you hadn't done it. 
I mean, other than the fact that like he's in a, you know, he's up for re-election, and it seems like you might, you know, owe your voters some kind of an explanation of why this but is if, out there. But if you didn't do it, what explanation do you owe your voters except I didn't do it? I must have been hacked, or I mean, you'd imagine maybe they, he doesn't know the answer. To what I mean, I think what's unclear still is has he talked to UT? Has mm-hmm. he been brought in to discuss that? Has he laid this out? Any other details about this situation and whether he was at this camp on campus event, whether he was messaging with this person? You know, there were the statesman reported that there had been a conversation on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know that any of that we haven't seen that, obviously. As far as we know, the Senate itself has not seen that. It sort of stayed at UT, which I think is sort of what's led to some of a lot of these questions that still remain. But again, I don't actually know. Say it, it is proven that he did do this. You know, if they can verify that it's from his phone number, and I don't know actually how you would verify that the picture is actually him. But if you, if he is proven that lineup, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that he did do this. I just, just trying to be helpful. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. Appreciate I, it. I don't know what beyond you know him saying that he's cooperating with this investigation is going to get him out of this hot water. And honestly, I don't even know that it is hot water when it comes to his election. Well, Patrick. What are the political ramifications of something like this, either for him or for other races on the ballot? You know, this this is a very solidly Republican uh, Senate seat. He does have a, a you know a Democrat um, opponent on on the ballot in November. Uh, there is a lot of Democratic energy specifically within Williamson County this cycle, whether it's some of the, the two state house races there, uh, the congressional race that touches it with MJ Hager. Not but according his, to the upshot. Right. But <laughs> yeah, right. but his but his state Senate district is is still um, is somewhat in some ways re- removed from that political world, or at least that that kind of uh, sphere of Democratic enthusiasm in Williamson County this cycle, just because I think because the way it's drawn and, and just the fact that he is a, you know, a strong incumbent up until this point. Mm-hmm. Up until this, yeah. Although, again, it ca- causes us to think about the things we don't know about the Senate next time. Right. You know, that, that the House has been a body in flux at each election uh, a day for the, you know, every cycle. We kind of don't know exactly how many Republicans and how many Democrats. Senate has been pretty consistent. And they just picked up another Republican in San Antonio. Right. So there's that part. But then there's the what's going to happen with Connie Burton and Don Huffine's part. And now there's this weird wrench thrown potentially into the Schwertner situation. I mean, what if it were proven between now and Election Day that Senator Schwertner did it? Did it? Did it. Well, like, so it I, I may have missed this, it? but is this UT investigation, the findings, are they going to be made public or is it just a matter of it being potentially referred to law enforcement? At this point, um, the findings will be reported to Senate leadership. So Dan Patrick will have um, a copy of the investigation, I okay. would assume. Obviously, I'm sure reporter he'll hand it over oh, yeah. to the Texas Tribune. Right? I know, obviously, reporters are waiting for that investigation. Um, Shannon would be the better person to answer, mm-hmm. to right. answer that question about whether we'll get yeah. it. But I think the moment it's leaked, you can't sort of quietly put it away when you do get a final verdict in the investigation. And I think that what they can do at this point, if it is proven that it was him, is sort of ban him from campus is sort of the extent to what they can actually do. So I would anticipate that it would be a former version of this would be released to Senate leadership and to the public. Again, I don't know that Before it actually does after anything. the election? I don't know. Patsy, don't asks, know. Patsy asks on social media, isn't there technology that can track this stuff? My answer is obviously yes, and I mean, I feel like this wouldn't have leaked with these kinds of details if they weren't already sure. Well, UT better be damn sure that they've got something to be. Yeah, that it came from his phone. Again, I mean, whether 
you know, if they have the if they have the technology to send out, you know, a, a blast to every single phone in America, which is apparently going to happen at two eighteen today, they have the technology to know for a fact that it was his. Well, let's hope phone. it's not somebody's junk being sent to everybody at two eighteen today. Well, you know, I don't think we can. <laughs> I, I'm not you sure wouldn't be able to verify. Yeah, that right. it is but here's here's my my, my let's, let's come back to this. So was the uh, re recalling the details of the story here? This student is alleged to have received a photograph through a text message yes. or through LinkedIn. The conversation no, started on LinkedIn right, and, and they, they moved it to text. Nothing it good not starts on LinkedIn. <laughs> no, it was not sent <laughs> as a LinkedIn, yeah. junked in. Yeah. It was not sent as a LinkedIn message. It no. was sent as a text. Right, right. And also like, candidly, the f if, this is, if this is true, the fact that a conversation went offline from LinkedIn into personal text messages is also like kind of weird. Well, when you're when you're talking about like professional networking, and then it mm -hmm. becomes that that you know it is somewhat. Let's, but but again, I think let's presume he's innocent until we know that he's not innocent. And if he's innocent, I'm not sure that his position on this should be anything other than to say I'm innocent, and to not call more attention to it. Mm -hmm. right. I just don't think we know. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I think what remains questionable about this is what if anything the senate does in this like post sexual post me too world what they do to post. boris miles and carlos arresti after the olivia messer reporting in the daily beast well arresti took care of himself but yeah but they did they did nothing and but i think the difference leave that alone. <laughs> i think the difference here though is that you you know those were anonymous allegations and that's what the senate leaned on at the time and while they we said we can't do anything because it's anonymous. Right. right and while obviously we don't know the name of the student this is a ut investigation this isn't some anonymous report and so i don't know i mean in some ways they've got someone else doing you know it sort of Puts them, gets them off the hook of having to investigate their own colleague, but I, I still don't know that they will actually take that finding and do anything with it because it just remains unclear what their response is like in mm -hmm. the situation. Uh, Vicky asks on social media, why do men think anyone wants a junk pic? The answer is because they're dumb. That is the question we have <laughs> next asked topic. last Tuesday. Yes. Actually, before our next topic, I want to thank two more TribCast sponsors, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Texas. Learn how Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Texas is addressing what matters for the health and well-being of Texans at bcbs.com. And the Texas A&M University System, which educates more than 152,000 students and makes over 22 million additional educational contacts each year. More at TAMUS.com. Edu. Uh, all right, Patrick and Evan, can someone please explain to me why uh, President Obama, former President Obama, has endorsed all of these Texas candidates and not Beto O'Rourke? What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty. Uh, my my belief is that uh, he wouldn't be helpful in that race at all, and I, I don't think that O'Rourke really wants it. Uh, number one, I don't think politically uh, statewide in Texas, Barack Obama is uh, all that popular. <laughs> he certainly wasn't popular in Texas statewide when he was president. I know that after presidents leave office, they tend to enjoy a little bit of a honeymoon period, but I doubt that he his reputation in Texas bounced back to the the point statewide that he would be a, a boost in a statewide contest. And number two, I, I don't think O'Rourke needs him or could or may want. Him. I mean, work has done a decent job so far of keeping a lot of national political figures from attaching themselves to his campaign. Now, of course, you have you know celebrities tweeting their support for him and, and kind of freelancing in, in, in that regard. It's a big Chelsea Handler and he, state, and he, yeah, yeah, of course, helps, and, right? and yeah. he chooses you know he chooses to appear at uh, fundraisers where there are celebrities that are hosting and whatnot. But in terms of national Democratic figures, um, he has I think done a pretty good job of 
keeping them out and keeping them away um, and keeping the focus on Texas in that regard. And so I just don't think, again, I don't think it's helpful from a political standpoint. And I also don't, I don't think it would be particularly on brand for a work. So to you think them. it's not going to happen? No, I don't think it's going to happen. Evan. I don't give a, a very high percentage chance of it happening. I, I, I mean, I think depending upon the contours of this race toward the end, you know, do I think that a, a, an O'Rourke endorsement is the, would be the most surprising thing in the world from Obama? No. But I, I generally agree with Patrick's point that he, he basically doesn't need it. And by, by Obama endorsing O'Rourke, he gives the Cruz campaign and opponents of O'Rourke's, you know, energy, fuel, to, you know, remember that Patrick pointed out when, when O'Rourke got in the race, because, you know, Patrick is young and hip. He, on, this, on, all the latest, on, on all the latest technology, he uh, no, noticed that um, the Cruz campaign bought a Snapchat filter. Does anyone ever still use Snapchat? Evan does with his kids. The, those filters are mainly for just reporters to tweet. I is that what it is? <laughs> I, on both my, sides. my son responds to texts on, on Snapchat and not on actual texting, but I digress. Um, they bought a Snapchat filter that uh, uh, depicted O'Rourke as a puppet being manipulated by Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. This has been the Cruz campaign's message all along, that if you elect this guy, you're electing, in essence, the puppet of these national Democrats. And I asked O'Rourke on Saturday night at the Tribune Festival if he felt like he needed to put distance between himself and the National Democratic Party because there is a taint on that National Democratic brand in Texas. Texas Democrats often don't like to be associated with national Democrats. Well, and if you're if you're thinking about the voters that Beto O'Rourke needs, they're not, someone who is endorsed by President Obama. That's not really good. I mean, what are the odds that that moves someone who normally doesn't vote or a young voter? I mean, it's like at this point, will a Beyonce endorsement be yeah. much more significant for him, say, among young voters than an Obama endorsement? That might be even more critique. I mean, I get what, even what's interesting critique. is the people who said on social media, well, why hasn't Obama endorsed O'Rourke? O'Rourke must not be very good or Obama must mm. not like O'Rourke, please. You know, the fact is, O'Rourke is being viewed by a lot of people as the next-gen Obama. Obama. Right. Which is, to me, why it's crazy that there wouldn't be an endorsement. I mean, I think it's something that a lot of folks are waiting for. I'm going to bet that it happens. It just happens late. Like super late. I think it's going to happen late, and I bet that Obama comes down and does some big rally with him. I bet he's going to enter the fray at the... End of the day, where it might rile up. Like what? What about honestly, Michelle what about should black voters Michelle should endorse him. That would be better. What about? I mean, you look at the the right? Alabama Senate race, where like black women were believed to be basically, you know, the saving grace. Oh, for oh not oh, not believed. They go well. I mean, you yeah. know, The fact is, Roy Moore beat Roy Moore. Why wouldn't? But but, but black women absolutely helped Doug Jones. No question. About you well, know, the other thing, though, is I think black voters tend to vote at much higher rates than Hispanic voters. So, again, if we're talking about the voters that he needs, black voters are already going to be there, at least in bigger numbers. And I think, po you know, the things I've heard sort of you know, just casually is that post some of his statements in which he's really talked about race in a real way and, you know, the, his viral tweets and his now this in kind contribution. Yeah, it seems like he has sort of. He is where he wants to be with black voters, at least from what I've heard in terms of what folks are talking about. Yeah, internally. I mean, he's been even before the uh, comments with the NFL protests um, post primary pre that perhaps as the time period, he's been making a very intense, sustained in some ways under the radar uh, outreach effort to, to black voters. Um, and I think that, yeah, if that's if that's one of his goals, uh, one of the top goals of his campaign in November, I think certainly Obama would would help with that in mobilizing that coalition. 
I just have a hard time believing Obama's going to sit this out entirely. I mean, this is like the unless one of the people, profile. unless O'Rourke's people have said, "Look, dude," but they haven't. To, uh, well, at least they haven't to us. At away. least. Well, I don't know. I just think saying "stay away" to you know. I don't know if there's. There, I doubt there's necessarily bad blood there, but an interesting fact just to note is that at the end of that uh, 2012 congressional race where he unseated Sylvester Reyes, Obama came in and endorsed Reyes at the end. Uh, to O'Rourke's disappointment, I heard mm-hmm. it at the time, because it was obviously O'Rourke, uh, Obama was someone a lot of young Democrats uh, aspired to at that time. Hmm. Interesting. Um, some questions from social media. Uh, any word on if the second Cruz-Beto deba- debate has been or will be rescheduled? And why don't you actually start by telling us why it got canceled in the first place? Sure. This debate was supposed to be a Sunday evening in Houston at the University of Houston. And uh, it was postponed. The the university announced Friday morning that it was going to be postponed uh, due to the, the drama controversy surrounding Brett Kavanaugh uh, in Washington. As I'm sure we all recall, by Friday afternoon, there was another twist, and uh, this the this FBI investigation reopened and was put into motion for another week, and it became clear after that that Cruz could make it home for the weekend. His campaign said he got on the, the last flight out and was able to come home late Friday night. Um, and at that time, late Friday night, uh, the Cruz campaign uh, said that they offered to put back on the Sunday debate. I think they, they reset the, the O'Rourke campaign at about mm-hmm. 10 o'clock on Friday night. It was about 10 o'clock, according to yeah, emails that I saw. Yeah. Um, and at that point, uh, the O'Rourke campaign had said, you know, look, we were in a holding pattern uh, for days on this. Uh, and after we got the official word Friday morning that this would be postponed, we moved on and did our own plans. Uh, and made plans for basically other commitments on Sunday evening. Uh, you know, for the next uh, 36 hours or so, it was a little unclear what those plans, those other plans would be for Sunday evening. Um, then Sunday afternoon, they announced that work would be getting on Facebook Live at 6 p.m. and making a uh, an announcement, giving a, I think they called it an important campaign update. And uh, important so, in quotes. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think you know some folks thought it may have been some kind of fundraising announcement. Obviously, it was the last day of Patrick the quarter. Patrick thought it was a fundraising well, I, I announcement. I did a lot of political I was watching this thing in the dog park on Sunday night. I, I was like, "Come on, dude, give me the number." Right? Dude, you guys need to get a lot. Turned out, O'Rourke just wanted to stay home and watch Sunday? the deuce. That's what he did. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and honestly, I mean, we don't know that University of Houston and the TV partners could have pivoted as quickly as that to get the thing back on on Sunday night. I mean, it it, it was you know. Yeah, was well, it bad I, press for O'Rourke that he didn't, you know, move mountains to do I, I this debate again? I don't think so. Do you? Well, the Cruz people have been trying to make it out to be, you know. Yeah, they've been trying. Well, to, to finish the story, he ended up going on Facebook Live and uh, talking about all, you know, kind of stuff about early voting, registering to vote, all these reminders, you know, pedal to the metal at the end. And then at the end, he said that they were going to uh, record a TV ad live on Facebook Live, uh, kind of face to camera, responding to some of the negative attack ads that have that have been aired against him. And uh, he, I think he did it in like four takes or something like that. And then the TV ad that resulted out of that uh, went on air, I believe, uh, Tuesday night uh, across Texas. And so that's that's the full. One so basically, full he was shooting there. a TV ad instead of participating in it. Sure, and the Cruz campaign, yeah. under, you know, I mean, from their perspective, in terms of you know. You know, they pounced on it, mm-hmm. uh, and they said, you know, he had he, we had given him the opportunity to reinstate that debate, and he chose instead to uh, record a, a live TV on the on assumption that the debate could have been reinstated, which I think right. is an assumption, not a certainty. Mm, right? There I, were, uh, based on the emails that that the Cruz campaign provided to reporters, it appeared organizers were willing to put University it back of Houston on. The and the TV. T- hold on a second. University yeah. of Houston and the well, at least TV one of the organizers. Were, were I don't to, know the exact. I mean, how I don't long know the was the debate even chain, off but, for? Like twenty four hours. 
Well, it was announced Friday morning, mid-Friday morning, maybe late Friday morning, by the University of Houston that it would be postponed. And then Friday evening, Chris was, was saying, late, I can do it. Late Friday night. I think it was 10 p.m. I but don't know. I, I, make no assumption. I make no assumptions. This is a political argument. That's what it is. Right. So where's the second debate now? Right now, it hasn't been rescheduled yet. Oh, well, the um, third yeah. debate. Yeah, the, the yeah. Houston debate has not been rescheduled. We still have a debate. Uh, I guess it's now. it would be now the second one, originally the third one on October 16th in San Antonio. So October 16th. Yeah. Do you think, well, you can remember that day because it's my wedding anniversary. Do you think I've that there, <laughs> do you, I'll expect <laughs> gifts. Do you think that there, they will reschedule this debate at all or do you think they're just gonna settle with, uh, does anybody really want another debate? You know, I'm doubtful that they're going to reschedule it just because uh, the Cav- have a bunch of votes. He's Kavanaugh yeah. drama is continuing to consume Washington. In fact, fact I noticed that he, he yeah he just from campaign he just he had some events Thursday evening, Friday, all day Friday that he just had to cancel because of anticip- anticipated action on Kavanaugh, and um, these these debates are just so uh, you know for campaigns they're such an organizational headache and just getting <laughs> you know one set in stone and, and ready to go is such a such an undertaking for both of them and clearly we're at the end of the campaign and every day is precious and um, you know like like we said they still have that one in San Antonio well speaking of every day being precious is it problematic that Cruz has all these votes and all this business right. lined up in Washington over the next few weeks whereas Congress is about to be or is already out and you know, Beto can hang in Texas? Yes, I think it is problematic, absolutely. And it's not like he's necessarily going to D.C. Uh, and uh, having the star turn of his life at these hearings. Yeah, right. He's <laughs> I having mean, these, to like, keep these his mouth shut, These are very politically difficult terrain that he's having to navigate at these, these hearings. And so I don't think it's necessarily um, a net—it's not necessarily a net positive mm-hmm. um, that yeah. he's stuck there and the then that he's stuck there on this topic in particular. The outcome of this race is not Cruz or the way that Cruz behaves over the next month. The biggest determining factor is also the oldest cliche in the world, and that is turnout. Turn out, Tell turn me out, who's going to vote on Election Day. We'll know whether or not O'Rourke has a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a bunch of questions on that. Since you brought it up, I don't know if you know oh, this. Great. I know. Um, Carrie wants <clears throat> to know, I know there's record voter registration oh, happening gosh. in the state. After voter registration ends October 9th, what kind of final tally would actually indicate a potential blue wave in the state? You Nothing. You ask uh, <laughs> Bart no. O'Rourke over here. That, can we just also point out that, yes, there's record registration there is also growing population and we are a younger state and kids are turning 18 every single day so yes it's a good number to look at people are excited about it but it doesn't actually reflect increased excitement over this election you know now that i've been the debbie downer no there's nothing that registration will indicate in terms of how many people actually turn out to vote if you look at it against population growth i don't think there's anything you can take from that number other than more people are registered and your overall pool of voters could go up but we know that our actual turnout numbers are nowhere near our registration numbers. Here, Alex, I'll hand you this one, too, from Gary. Oh, Gary wants to know about Willie Nelson, but he also wants to know, can anyone explain why Hispanic voters have such low turnout in Texas? Even my Hispanic friends show little motivation to vote. Oh, that'll take no time at all to answer. <laughs> we can definitely Please answer that. This podcast is the lightning round, right? <laughs> Give me the Cliff Notes version. Um, you know, I think historically, we know that Hispanic voters turn out more in presidential years than in midterm years. They're engaged in different ways. When you think about the way a campaign decides what neighborhoods to even think about, they look at places where people turn out. And so if Hispanic voters haven't turned out historically, they're not going to be knocking on doors on in those neighborhoods unless that specific campaign has said, we want to go after those non-voters. So it's sort of like a 
it's happened before and it sort of perpetuates its own problem. And the fact that you do just see a level of non-engagement against Hispanics, and that's just sort of traditional to Texas. The national press has put out the word that the O'Rourke campaign has a lot of work to do to get Hispanic voters motivated to turn out. You think that's overstated, or is that right? I am always curious about what they're basing that off of. And they've never proved to me that they're actually informed in making that conclusion. Except for the fact that he lost a bunch of South Texas counties during the primary, and they think yeah. that that's an indication that he has work to do. But obviously, as we've pointed out, there was someone with a Hispanic surname on the primary, and in low information elections. That's pretty typical. It's a shame he's not running against somebody with a Hispanic surname this time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there are that many Hispanic voters on the border that are probably going to vote Republican because of a surname. Evan, one more uh, quick question from you. At the TribFest this past weekend, you had a great uh, one-on-one with Beto O'Rourke where he talked about this, you know, um, this case where he got a DUI and the police report said that he fled the scene. He says he didn't flee the scene. He says that the person that was in the car with him He's called her, and she said, no, you didn't try to leave the scene. Are we just supposed to take his word for it? Yeah, anybody who thinks this is the end of this conversation, I've got some land under the Congress Avenue Bridge to sell you. Yeah. No, I mean, look, this became an issue because in the debate, he was asked about whether he had fled the scene, as a police report indicated, and the Houston Chronicle reported some weeks ago, and he said, no, I did not flee. Left it at that. Washington Post came back this week and did one of their fact checks, although it didn't really check facts. All it did was say, well, police report says X, Beto said Y. Police report is correct, therefore we give Beto four Pinocchios. Dude, the way fact checking works is you check the facts, which would have required them, I think, beyond the police report to be sure that the witness actually said what was said in the police report or that the cop interviewing the witness got that information Mm -hmm. and put it into the police report. They didn't talk to either the witness or the police report. So I call BS a little bit on that as a fact check. Mm -hmm. But that said, it was worth asking O'Rourke because people said, look, the Washington Post says that he lied. So I asked O'Rourke, did you in fact flee or not, as you said, and he said, I didn't. And in fact, he He added added new information. He said, the police report's wrong. And then he added new information. He said, I called somebody who was effectively witnessed to this who was in the car who was in the car mm-hmm. and confirmed that I did not flee well you don't think that somebody now is trying to feed, calling every woman in America to find out if that was the passenger you got to confirm I mean this is this is like find, trying to find squee especially because there's or, no passenger know, um, in the police in the or, police or, or the, like right. the guy at the beach at uh, Rehoboth who's the Kavanaugh's friend I mean the fact <laughs> is you have a witness to this thing the media is going to try to find this person and get him to talk and say whether this happened this he didn't end the situation with that comment he probably kept it kept it going All right. Well, that's all the time we have this week. If you're looking for more great Trib content, later this week, we're kicking off a month-long series that looks into affordable and not-so-affordable housing in Texas. You can participate in that conversation by joining our Facebook group, This Is Your Texas, at facebook.com slash groups slash This Is Your Texas. Thanks to the Texas X's, Hill & Knowlton, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Texas, and the Texas A&M University System, our sponsors this week. And thanks to Shiny Ribs, as always, for our music. On behalf of Evan, Patrick, Alexa, and our producers, Todd and Bobby, this is Emily. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Ask Todd. Hello. Hi, Todd. Keep talking. Hello. Are you doing okay, Todd? I'm glad to see you.